Hey everyone, Bill Giannone here, back with another Crustcast. And today's Crustcast that we're going to talk about involves measuring your success. How do you measure yourself? And yes, I've given webinars for the last couple of years and many, many coaching techniques, and I've taught classes around the country on different ways to measure yourself, different KPIs and metrics. We talk a lot about KPIs and metrics. This isn't necessarily what I mean by measuring yourself. I'm going to give you a different example of what I'm referring to about measuring yourself. I think the single biggest and most successful way you can measure yourself is against your own success. I want you to measure yourself against your previous couple of years. I know that sounds too simple, but it really is the easiest way for everybody in your team and in your company to really gauge whether or not you're moving forward. If you're measuring against artificial numbers or numbers even that I create for you, yes, you may reach those numbers or you may not reach those numbers, but your success shouldn't be determined by just those numbers. Your success should be determined by how well are you doing year over year? You know, we always say if you're not growing, you're shrinking because the whole industry is consolidating and the whole industry is very much doing the bigger is better thing. So we do want to make sure we're getting bigger, but your KPIs and your metrics might be unrealistic or they might be situated in a way that's not very realistic. If you're a million or a $2 million company and you had said to yourself, I want to be five or I want to be six. I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's logical. And without really good guidance, how do you know what those numbers really should be? I mean, I just had a conversation with a guy who just got into our industry because he's from a different industry. He took a job with a hedge fund. He is a former CEO of a $100 million company. A hedge fund hired him because the hedge fund has now gotten into our industry. And they're starting to gobble up restoration companies. And they hired this gentleman with great CEO experience to be the CEO of the restoration group of his hedge fund. Well, in conversations with this gentleman, he was telling me all the different visions and plans he has for growth. And he was, uh, it was a Thursday and he was heading out the following Monday to a big team convention because this hedge fund is probably in 20 different service industries. And obviously they run 20 different companies with 20 different CEOs. And this particular CEO was going to meet up with all of those other CEOs and do a big one-week kind of brainstorming session. That brainstorming session was going to entail everybody setting their goals for the next 12 to 24 months. Now, he's brand new. So very interestingly, he said to me, well, I have to give them some numbers on what I expect to be able to do. Now, mind you, they're fresh to this industry. They literally only own two restoration companies. And right now, the total revenue of those two companies is only $5 million. 
So he shared with me that he was on his way to the little confab to tell them that his plan moving forward was in 24 months to be at $25 million revenue, not counting acquisitions. Well, my jaw dropped because that's 5X. That's growth of five times his current size, which I just told you was 5 million. That means he wants to grow at basically 150% a year for two straight years. He wants to go from 5 million to basically 11 million or 11 to 12 million. And then he wants to go from 11 or 12 million with that same pace of growth to 25 million. That is an impossibility unless your company has unlimited resources to be able to handle that cash flow. But guess what? He set those KPIs and those metrics up for his company. So now if his company only gets to 15 or 20 million in two years, in the eyes of everybody he spoke to this week, he's a failure. But you and I both know if you're able to take a a $5 million company and even take it to 10 million in two years, you're incredibly successful. So I want you to remember that. Use this year's numbers as your guideline for what you want to accomplish next year. And I, if you're a company that hasn't set a budget or expectations for this year, go back and look at your year-end numbers from last year and look at where you are relative to last year. That's going to give you a really good idea as to whether or not you are happy with what you're doing and whether or not you are successful in where you've gotten so far. You have to kind of think that way. You know, one of the companies I work with had a really good year last year, had their best year ever by a long shot. And guess what? Through September 1st of this year, so two-thirds of the way through the year, they had already met all of last year's numbers for jobs and for revenue on the mitigation side of the business. That's an incredible growth model. So if they finish out at the same pace, they're going to have grown at 50% from the previous year. Because, right, if you're two-thirds of the way through the year and you're ready through last year, you've already done 50% of last year twice with one full window left. So you'll be able to do another, quote-unquote, 50% of last year. That gives you 50% growth. This was a company last year that did $4 million in water mitigation. So now this year they're on pace to do six. That's incredibly aggressive, incredibly strong. And by the way, they did plan and make budgets. So they are way, way, way ahead of the budget because the company planned a realistic 20% growth model for this year, certainly nowhere near 50. So they're doing really well. They're in a great pattern right now and clicking on all cylinders. But I'd rather they look at that model and say, are we going to beat last year? And we're already starting to build next year's model for the budget. And we're starting to build it based on a realistic finish for this year and then a realistic growth added onto that. You see how conservative that is? So when you want to measure yourself, it's all great to start looking at KPIs. And yes, the during the year KPIs for what your profit margins need to be and what your average job sizes need to be and what your closing ratios need to be and what your lead generation needs to be and what you're spending for marketing and advertising and SEO and all those things, you need KPIs for those. 
Those are what I call static KPIs. If you're a highly functioning company and you're at 75 to 80% closing ratio, it's really hard every year to say, I'm going to get more. I'm going to get to 85. I'm going to get to 90. You know, there are thresholds in our industry that we think, at least as a coach, we think are pretty much a max capability. You know, in, in business and in um, the government, when they talk about zero unemployment, they don't literally mean the unemployment rate is 0.00. .00. They usually mean when it gets down around 3.5% unemployment, that's what they call full employment. Everybody who wants a job can have a job. And those 3.5% of people are usually probably just between jobs or they're not actively looking and they're just kind of just hanging out. So 3.5% would be considered full employment. I'm here to tell you that if you're closing at 80% closing, you're basically at full closing capacity. You're going to find it really tough to do better than that. If you're collecting 95% of every invoice you send out, you're going to have a tough time collecting at 100. So those kinds of KPIs, if you're operating at 80% gross profit, you're not going to be able to operate at 85 or 90. There's just so much you can do. Those KPIs I call static KPIs because they don't improve. When you're setting a budget for yourself for next year and how much you want to grow, those are active. You, you could grow to infinity if you manage it properly and you have enough cash. Those are not static. You can be a $10 million company, grow to 15, grow to 18, grow to 20, grow to 30, grow to 100 over a period of time. It's just how you're able to measure it. So let's make sure we're measuring against ourselves. Let's use our KPIs to make sure the processes are working well. And then let's just make sure we're not in stability mode. If you're a company that has gotten to stability mode, meaning if you have two or three years of basically flat line performance, you have two decisions. Your first decision is, are you going to commit to growth? And if you're saying, no, I'm happy with where I am, I'm asking you really nicely to consider selling your company. Because if you're in a, a position right now where you're just stable, we know what your company's worth. We can establish that. Everybody who's a buyer right now will be able to establish and know what your company's worth because you've got a stable process. You're basically just kind of like a recurring revenue stream. So we can put a price on that really easy. I just want you to be able to determine that that's a price that you would be willing to take. Because otherwise, if you're not growing, you're getting smaller. As the industry continues to grow, which our industry is growing, it's also consolidating. So you have fewer competitors, but those competitors are all bigger than they were last year or five years ago. So if you're not keeping up with that, you're getting smaller. By definition, you're becoming less relevant. So that's a good time to think about you know, cashing in the chips. So I want to make sure you compete against your own past, but you also keep an eye on the future. Hope you understood where I'm coming from on this. If you have any questions, reach out to me. My email address is bill at thecrestnetwork.com. On behalf of everybody here at The Crest Network, I want to thank you for joining me on this Crestcast. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.